Hi, and welcome to Night Clerk Radio. This is episode 47, Dagon by Cryo Chamber. And with me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Burke. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm a little disappointed. Yeah. Because usually when I leave a, a, a shitty pun name mm-hmm. for the episode title and the episode doc, you just kind of read it in the intro. I, I do like that. Thank you for having me with. <laughs> You're welcome. It's a day it's gone. A day gone yeah. It's a day gone. It's a day gone. Day gone. <laughs> That's exactly it. Exactly. That's my thought process. Mm-hmm. But no, you gave an actual professional yeah. title. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's, it's been so long since we recorded. I wanted to, I didn't want to make a misstep. No, I and I wound no up longer making reads the teleprompter no matter what's on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Caleb's here with us because uh, it is a Cthulhu Mythos cryo chamber album. And then we got to have Caleb, you know, it's a tradition now. It's, this is our third album uh, that we've done this, right. this way. So um, yeah, they released it at the ve- last, the tail end of 2021. It is, of course, a two track, two hour, approximately two hour album of, well, a lot uh, featuring 20 artists from the cryo chamber bestiary. I mean, I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, stable. <laughs> they uh, I would not call them a bestiary of artists, but it is clever. Yeah, this is, of course, like, I think like their 10th album they've done in this series, but this is only the third one we've uh, viewed. But um, I don't know. I. I I I have a lot to say, but I think overall, this is a very focused album in terms of like, given what Dagon is in the Cthulhu mythos, which is a big fish god slash demigod slash servant of Cthulhu. It seems to be more focused than that. And it's like, well, he's a fish god. So water sounds. uh, (laughs) Oh, boy. Water sounds. Yeah. (laughs) Did you want some water sounds? Dagon's got you covered. It's got all of them. It's got lapping. It's got pouring. It's got dripping. Slithering. Dripping. <laughs> waves. Uh, yeah. Bubbling. Bubbling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there is a bubbling cauldron at some point. You know, it's weird. I only think of, when I think of bubbling, I think of cauldrons. That's the only thing I think that bubbles. What are you doing in your house, man? I'm just thinking yeah. when I think of something that bubbles, I think of cauldrons. I don't like. Don't you make pasta? Well, that stuff? boils. That's different. Than bubbling. Is it? Pretty sure boiling involves bubbles, buddy. But oh. yeah, but the I've word I got footage. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're just one of them educated folks that read Macbeth. Yeah, <laughs> can't help yourself. Yeah. So yeah, Burke, what are your your first thoughts on the album? Yeah, I mean, I liked it. So I think uh, I don't know as much about like Dagon and Lovecraft themes and stuff as you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to like ask. I always ask every time when these episodes come out, who's Dagon? I liked it. I think this was my favorite of the three, mm-hmm. maybe because it is more focused. And both you and Caleb, while prepping for this, came to me with that point, like independently mm-hmm. of each other. I think, Caleb, you the word you used was it felt more scored. Yeah, unlike Haster which felt very ambient as in like soundscapey. Mm-hmm. This is the sound of the space kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And Yig, which felt very score just because of the instrumental performances and stuff on it. Okay. Dagon feels like scored like a film. Like every time I'm listening to the ambient music, I feel like there's both a mix of sound that I'm supposed to take as diegetic, i.e. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're dripping into a pool, you're pouring waters, you're, at the beach, yeah. Your Inception foghorns, which I are just assuming are being Dinny V'd in the shot of whatever <laughs> landscape is supposed to appear in my mind as I listen to this. 
But then it's always scored with like the 12 minute fucking, you know, who loves a kick and <laughs> guitar riff. Dagon hit that chord. <laughs> like there's always yeah. like a theremin or a vibe or something very mm-hmm. like the Hollywood orchestra added this on top of it to make mm-hmm. this face seem fuller in the studio. Like it feels very filmic in its mixture of like natural sounds and almost uh, found audio. Mm-hmm. versus these very very like well-trod uh filmic tropes in you know large dinny v soundscapes or uh starships landing in dune you know like very um intensely held theremin chords and synth chords mm-hmm. uh, over the top of it and it feels like the mixtures in almost every part of it i understand that was always there in a cryo chamber but it feels like very dualistic as I listen to this one. Yeah. Right. So I was, I was thinking about this from both of you and I, I tend to agree. And I think that's probably also why it's my favorite mm-hmm. of them, mm-hmm. because I, I think it also in some sense tracks the evolution of the kind of music cryo chambers making mm-hmm. and the kind of artists in their stable. Mm. Right. Because I don't know if this is totally true. Cause like miles to midnight is an older album that had like a bunch of real instruments. But there was a, a period a few years ago where we kind of joked that like all cryo chamber stuff is just that Haster soundscape. Mm-hmm. And they've been introducing more and more artists who I think bring live instrumentation yeah. to the game. Yeah. Or at least more realistic instrumentation if it's not an actual cellist or whatever. More realistic and defined like synth patches and stuff. And then more recently, and I know you want to talk about this and we're kind of jumping around the album, but we reviewed the World Clock album, which has a lot of real instrumentation. And a lot more structure and a lot more songwriting than previous cryo chamber stuff. Yeah. So I think there's like a evolution there and it kind of makes me want to, it would be like a Tim Rogersian project, but to like, just listen to all 10 oh, and to wow. see who's on them yeah. and like track. Try and figure out. Try and, yeah. Try and reverse like engineer in explicit it. Yeah. detail, like mm-hmm. some evolution of like the kind of music cryo chamber makes mm-hmm. like in there like some big archaeological music, archaeological type project. Cause I think it's just the kind of stuff they make now. Yeah. Not in a bad way, but like, I I just think some of that drone, like that real formless ambient is less common. I don't know. Maybe I don't listen to enough of their stuff, but listening to like their best ambient of 2021, Mm -hmm. that free compilation. Again, we did the world clock, other stuff that just comes up on their stream just feels a little bit more like cinematic and scored. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it totally worked. Because I, I I was going to ask, you said it, but I was going to ask you if you listened to Yig, because I thought Yig was also pretty striking in its difference between Haster. And I don't know if that's also intentional. Like, that's why I need to listen to some of the really old ones, because mm-hmm. Haster both could be a product of its time, but also just like, that's Carcosa. I have listened yeah. to the older albums. I mean, like, not recently. I'd have to re-listen to them, but they didn't really mm-hmm. grab me like mm-hmm. like Miles to Midnight did. Like, Azathoth and right. Cthulhu were pretty very drone very 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 mm-hmm. focused on that element so yeah so i'm just wondering if that's like a yeah stylistic evolution in in, in cryo chamber yeah i think because. i think that's maybe also yeah just the changing of the guard because i think there's i mean just, just within the last three yeah like yeah that was what would require the adam neely-esque mm-hmm. uh project <laughs> of tracking it over 10 albums but i think within the last three it's pretty apparent like mm-hmm. Yeah, just Haster to Yig. Yeah. Because Yig has so much more like direct Snake Man desert cult theming. Yes, very much so. And I feel like this one actually pulled back on that in some places and returned the drone a bit. But like mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. felt set to a scene. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah, I the, didn't see a lot the, of instrumental elements bleeding over from one section of 
grating sounds or mm-hmm. scraping sounds or bubbling sounds. Normally when the uh, sort of diegetic tone shifts, it goes to a different instrumentation as well. So like you, you can kind of hear seams in it. Yeah. Unlike most ambient stuff mm-hmm. that has come before in my experience. Yeah. So like, I think a really good example of that is just the, the opening is really like the opening of this, the of track one, the beginning of the album is really striking in how it establishes the mood and just instantly makes that cinematic connection. Cause it's like, we're laying this shit on thick with the, especially, you know, the water sounds and also the, um, what's really striking. Like the first 10 minutes is all, there are all these like almost diegetic, like monster sounds of like clicking and like a low rumbly growl that sounds monstrous, almost like the predators, like something waking up or yeah, something. like something waking up or the predators providing background vocals. I'm not sure, <laughs> but like, like clicking and yeah, it's, the first 10 minutes does a lot to establish this like cinematic angle to the album. Um, and it, it does change over time, but I think that's sort of what really struck me is how evocative the, the opening of the album is. Like I kind of tested this and I just started getting like scenes with big open waterscapes or underwaterscapes mm-hmm. on YouTube and playing this over it. <laughs> mm-hmm. and like you can't tell a difference in underwater except it's a little mm-hmm. better like <laughs> you can't tell the difference in like a lot of shots of like Dagon like it feels very like inspired it also might be the result of the particular deep one chosen as the sort of watchword for this one because like if mm-hmm. you're gonna pick Lovecraftian mythos shit by far the most tread upon is sort of deep one ends myth Mm-hmm. Um, Dagon mm. area. So, like, maybe, maybe the sheer number of visual reference for this compared to Yig is what produced this. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think also like connecting to Cosmic Horror. I think the ocean mm-hmm. is just a very relatable, scary thing. Yeah, what yeah. is it? Thassalolophobia or whatever that is. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's just like a giant thing that doesn't give a fuck about you. Yeah, yeah. Because we did that one night. I think. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if you were there, Russ, but we, we did this one night in our, our movie nights, the the tub, where I just put on like ASMR, like coral footage, like 4K, like oh, I'm just scuba diving mm-hmm. off the coast of New Zealand and stuff and just put Dagon on under it and Caleb and I just watched that one night. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It fit. I mean, I think one of the things uh, these albums are trying to do is Cry Chamber's always been very focused on like sort of cinematic uh, ambient, right? Like that, that's sort of like what they're mm-hmm. trying to do. And so looking at it from their perspective as an artist, how do you tell? So they're trying to tell a story and this is a Cthulhu mythos story. And so um, with Haster, that's that's how do you tell that acoustically? You know, like that's that's kind of an abstract challenge. And Yig is a little better because, you know, Yig's are snakes. It's, it's a thing that has a, like a correlation to the real world. Like snakes make sounds, they rattle, they hiss. But then you get to Dagon and then it's connotations of, you know, the ocean and aquatic life. And man, there's just a rich toolkit of sounds and that you can evoke to tell a story. So because of this theme, they're able they're, they they have a lot more variety. They have a lot more things to tell a story just through sound. Because it's not like, you know, it's music, but it's ambient music. So, you know, again, soundscape. Yeah. So I think that's one of the reasons why this album works so well is because it's easier to tell a story with certain themes than it, you know, a, a sound through a story through mm-hmm. music with certain themes than others. So, so yeah, it'd be interesting to go back to the older albums and re-listen, especially Cthulhu because uh, Cthulhu is also aquatic, 
Yeah. I think telling the story through sound is happening, but like, it's not, it's not really a story, which isn't like, I'm not poo-pooing on cryo chamber here. Cause mm-hmm. like most of the shit Lovecraft wrote wasn't technically a story. It was like, <laughs> uh, I mean, when you get to weird fiction, you read something like the willows, it's like, Whoa, we were on a canoe and then we camped around some spooky trees and we left that morning. <laughs> Going to never speak again of the spooky trees, like, and that's the <laughs> like, that's the like beginning, middle, and end. It's just this tone mm-hmm. poem. I think that is uh, a little easier to do in music than like any element of plot. Like, you're not going to tell Randolph Carter. Like, yeah, I'm really interested to see in the cryo chamber Randolph Carter one. Mm-hmm. Like, what do they do when he starts blowing up tombs with dynamite? Like, bust out the light motifs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're trying to invoke these sort of tone poems mm-hmm. in Lovecraft, again, I think, like, I think they're relying on just the tools in the toolbox because, like, mm-hmm. you know, there's already books like Graham, what, you know, Stealing Cthulhu, like, the mm-hmm. words out, it's, it's public domain. I think uh, I think we all have sounds associated with Innsmouth now. Mm-hmm. And boy, howdy, did this album throw all of them at you? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, it's, it's, it's kind of like your corporate art thing for me. Like, once it's mm. named and described, I'm like, oh, yeah, that. Oh, that thing's in it. That thing's in it. That's like once I hear it in this album, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a pretty cthulhu sound, which was not like a genre of sound I had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in my head knowingly but now mm-hmm. i do like i apparently i did have that genre mm-hmm. yeah it sort of recategorizes it or recognizes it for me i guess <laughs> did uh either of you look at the uh the pdf booklet that came with the album because i'm looking at it right now and there's actually like an original short story which is very lovecraftian pastiche mm. as i hastened in this night with a mind to deprive them their imminent capture of me i acquired the keys and the dreams appeared with me the hallucinogenic quality of strange indefinite transpirations and that linger in the peripheries of my vision yeah a lovecraft story yeah. where by the end of reading the assistant's like where who is standing where now yeah. like what what was actually happening uh yeah. yeah it's just it just collapses in on itself so internally with angst mm-hmm. that <laughs> by the end of it you realize you just listened to somebody's psychological collapse you couldn't tell <laughs> what happened on a police blotter to anybody yeah. with a gun to your head yeah I, I think this does that well yeah but it's like you know we, we said it's, it's very aquatic focused but there are some like variations um, like I would like a sample here from track one around 38 minutes it's like buzzing insect sounds with followed by the monks going i don't know how you you call it other than monks going om so yeah i don't know what that like there there are some surprises on this album a little bit like 
I think on these albums, the thing that always throws me off and, and Caleb kind of made this joke is, is the random like electric guitar, mm-hmm. which I, I love a guitar. Sting. Yeah. Like I, I think guitar should be used more yeah. outside of, of rock and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, the prog rock post rock kind of like electric guitar kind of just vibing. Yeah. It sort of requires you to reach a sort of narratology agreement with the album. Like mm-hmm. I agree. It's trying to tell a story, but like, <laughs> Certain elements of that story are diegetic and certain aren't. Like, am I supposed to imagine a, a gray beach with like obsidian plinths sitting out of it and Zach Wilde just hitting a power cord on top of one of them? Well, he's strapped to the front of a boat like Mad Max. Style. Yeah, it's yeah. Just... Is it the doof uh, foghorn? Like, yeah, it's sort of uh, telling you part of this is for consideration and part of this is for mood. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, you would think as an album, well, it's all the mood. Um, but. Just sort of, um, I think, navigate that tightrope, that balance yeah. at some points. I mean, yeah. like at some points, the album gets kind of almost pleasant and, and bubbly. Like there there are some parts of this album that I felt would have been like, would not have been out of place out of like a, a, a telepath or a 2814 sort of ambient album. They're very lush, but like, I mean, so they're not they're not many, but they're there. Like they're like Burke played a section for us as we were watching YouTube videos. It's like, oh, is that? Is that telepath? I was like, no, that's Dagon. I'm like, oh, okay. Right. Yeah. So yeah, there's some uh, Godspeed you black emperor, mm-hmm. especially yeah. in the more droney parts. Um, yeah. I, of course I support adding Godspeed you black emperor to pr- basically all music at all times. <laughs> I, I think Taylor Swift would benefit from it. I think everyone would. Uh, yeah. But I, like this album does have sort of its own kind of rhythm of like, I compare it to like waves, like, there's this slow, gradual buildup of pressure and intensity, and then it just kind of gradually subsides and then something else new comes in. And so it's kind of mm-hmm. almost trying to lull you into not like sleep into sort of like hypnosis or like a state of altered consciousness to kind of get, get you more aware. Or- I, I think you did describe it as like, I think you did like describe it as like sinking deep mm-hmm. and deeper as it progresses, which I, I like is like a liquid. Mm-hmm water kind of analogy. I also think it's a lot in the production. Like there's, um, this is really the basis of like kind of any good production or, um, ambient stuff. There's a lot of use of like during those water effects of like panning. So like it's physically sloshing around you, Mm -hmm. like from ear to ear, Mm -hmm. which I I liked crescendo, descendo, like, uh, decrescendo. Yeah. A lot of, uh, round sounds in this. A lot of movement. I found it interesting that like when the more um, found audio versions would take up that rhythm, it was almost like the the more instrumental versions had to, more time to play around. But like mm-hmm. there were other times where it would be just like slithering sounds. And then mm-hmm. like the more rhythmic side would be, you know, the guitar tone or the mm-hmm. foghorn on a, it. It sort of had a meta. Um, it, the whole thing was kind of lapping at you. Like mm-hmm. waves yeah yeah but it sort of had a i think ross was all it sort of has a meta element of that too because like within each sort of seam it does sort of uh crescendo and decrescendo yeah um yeah. into this rounder shape yeah and as we get into like track two again each one is like 52 55 minutes long uh album two of this we start getting that world <laughs> clock stuff like this sample
for me, it's like, hell yeah, more jazz. He's starting to sound like World Clock. It's very rich <laughs> cellos or like those, those strings. There's a lot of weird strings that come in. And I, I'm I'm a big fan of that. Like the opening is very strong. And then like the ending is also really interesting because it's unlike everything. Because like when you get in the last 10 minutes of it, it starts like has this diegetic sounds that sound like like leaves blowing or something. And it kind of starts building into something different. I don't know, the calm of the storm. Like it's a, it, the, the, the last 10 ish minutes of this 10, 15 minutes of the show, uh, track two sounds like unlike the rest of it, everything else uh, that comes before it. So I, I, I quite like the ending. Yeah. I thought the like leaves blowing in that whole three or four minutes of field recording mm-hmm. at the end was, was interesting. I don't know if you're supposed to be like, I've completed my journey and I'm back out of the ocean. Yeah. Was it all a dream? Yeah. Uh, was it, did it actually happen so long ago? Like, is this a flash forward? The character survived his close encounter with Dagon. Cause I'm wondering, like, were they trying to fit the narrative that they had in their booklet or like the original Dagon story, which is like, I believe a dude gets shipwrecked on this weird Island and sees weird shit. Doesn't know what, what goes on. And he somehow escapes and tells the, you know, he's narrating it to the, uh, reader somehow like through a letter or something and that's the story so yeah um it's very mysterious but and we did get some drums towards the end too so you know that that that's good yeah those those kind of came in also just like mm-hmm. oh we have drums now <laughs> which is fine yeah. i mean this drums don't really fit most of the rest of the album unlike there are a lot of the marching drums and stuff in yig mm-hmm. oh yeah that's that, right like, cult marching across the desert yeah. type feel to mm-hmm. it so yeah it's thematically appropriate yeah yeah, I think just overall, this album is kind of the opposite. Even though it's ambient music, it's it, like I think their goal is basically the opposite of whatever music you hear at like spas, you know, that new age music. Like it's time for your massage and they're trying to calm and like relax you and like <laughs> like you just kind of drift off. It's like, no, this is this is also on me, but this is the exact opposite of that. We're, we're trying to do we're trying to not make you relaxed, <laughs> trying to like awaken you. Does this, yeah. does this album make you anxious? Either of you? There are tense parts in it, like that certainly mm. like every once in a while there there there'll be like the foghorns or something that really like jerks your attention back. So you can't really it's not music I would fall asleep to. I'll just say that. Interesting. Yeah. I get more out of the Haster I don't care that nothing's happened in the music for twenty minutes humans level mm-hmm. of drone. Like that that mm-hmm. if that's gonna invoke an emotional response in me, that's that's probably what's gonna do it. More so than this stuff, which isn't to say I don't like this, but it's uh, again, it just feels produced compared to, I guess, the more mm-hmm. diegetic attempts earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, which is my theory on it. Mm-hmm. Now, given the listening conditions, Haster probably fit your commute at the time better. <laughs> it did. In the interest of science, <laughs> since I could not recreate that commute. I did also yeah. listen to Dagon while taking a bath bomb and sitting in the dark and uh, while also a little high and drunk. And I didn't I, I didn't have the same experience as I did with the King and Yellow. OK, um, it was nice, but it was uh, it didn't transcend. I do like the idea of a resort retreat run by a 24 or something that's just piping this over the PA <laughs> to, to unsettle people. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's interesting. I was just thinking because I was not really unsettled mm-hmm. by this. I don't know. Maybe unsettled is the wrong word, but it's just like it's not putting you to sleep. No, I get yeah. it. I get what you yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah I, I think I get the the intent, even if the exact mm-hmm. adjective is. I would say I didn't find any of these sounds uncanny. I very much expected okay. them 
mm-hmm. to be the music of this and arranged somewhat like this, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to invoke that terror of the unknown when you're just like, oh, yeah, big ass foghorn and uh, maximum reverb and open space. Yeah, it's a Dagon album. Yeah. What else would you do? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, of course there's seagulls like, in it. They're, they're awful kind little monsters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it could be some Burke Brain stuff for the pandemic, whatever. But yeah, I found this album like very relaxing, <laughs> like just very. Oh, I, yeah, I've been writing to it quite a bit over the past few. Yeah, weeks. Yeah, I think it's really good writing music. I think it's really mm. good because that's not like like writing music is not something you want to fall asleep to. Like it's something you want to be like awakened and focus. And I think this is something to keep you focused because, yeah, it's it, it's sending you on a journey to go meet Dagon and cross the ocean. Yeah, it's very movie soundtrack, but you don't have mm-hmm. to like wait for the switch to like the rap song that was in the credits. Yeah, exactly. Like, like yeah, uh, that, yeah, that's a mo- problem with movie scores. Is like, oh, like only a third of that score is actually appropriate for what, the mood you're trying to go. As we uh-huh. discussed, yeah, that's at some point we should make like a mix or a playlist of all the good bits from like horror movie scores, so it like get a consistent mood across. So you know, like. LL Cool J, Deepest yeah. Bluest. Oh yeah, sorry, that's how, obviously yeah, that's how we started off. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that that that's the lead. Uh, I don't know if you heard, but his head is like a shark's fin. I had heard that, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh-huh. of course Rob Zombie's Dracula, because that's of course perennial. legally legally <laughs> mandated and is in a third of all movies. Is yeah. it? Uh, I think they finally repealed that law, but like from 1990. Oh, okay. Two to 2002, it was pretty much. Remote. Had to go all the way to the Supreme Court to get Dragula <laughs> out of my soundtracks. Yeah, it was a pair. It was an addendum to the Bush v. Gore. <laughs> Stole my election and my Dragula. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, this album's uh, not only available for purchase. You can listen to the whole thing on YouTube, and people have been very positive about this. Just looking at the YouTube comments, one of the rare sections where people are quite happy with it. Although there's. Everything from, oh, it was uh, very notable. The Void Calls. There's no hope for mankind. Uh, <laughs> so, oh my God, yes. <laughs> it's, uh, Car Chamber just released a new album that uh, is very piano focused that I'm, I haven't listened to yet called Timeless. Um, so it looks like they are sort of shifting a little bit towards uh, maybe less drone focused. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to listen to that album. Probably one of the advantages of being like uh in the in the genre space, like a bigger mm. album is you just uh or a bigger sorry label yeah. rather is that you probably just have kind of access to whatever interesting stuff people feel like making. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a collaboration of twenty artists, which is mm-hmm. a huge undertaking. It'd be really interesting to know. Let's see, twenty artists divided by like hundred twenty minutes, so like that's on average six minutes per artist. So did they just hear you? You're doing this section to this section, and here's what came before. Like, do they? How do they plan this yeah. out? I, at some point, I'd like to have a documentary or some sort of. Yeah, if Cryochamber could like publish the Discord server logs of whatever <laughs> people, however they yeah, do, whatever it. people are coordinating this, that would be to me way more interesting than you know uh, your Lovecraft pastiche story. But you know, mm-hmm. include that too. But I really want to know like. All right, you take forty-five seconds of static here, and I'll do the. <laughs> or is it just like? Yeah. Hands off my six minutes. This is my chunk. You can't touch it. And are they doing them sequentially? So is someone basically, is it, are they basically playing telephone throughout the album or like, yeah. I have so many questions. 
yeah. about uh, organizationally how you work. It's like a work. classroom. Everyone yeah. partner up. Uh, this is a. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Oh, oh shit! No. Actually, I was uh, supposed to be on a cryo chamber. Although it turned out, I I was I was going through some stuff <laughs> and didn't do my homework. <laughs> Dead melodies. You you go help God body disconnect. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing is, I would love some actual with the next one if they could do some behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Would be so fascinating because also at some point, like maybe this is in the credits. I just missed it, but at some point, some. Uh, mastermind has to come up and just make an album yeah. out of everything. I think I think it's Simon Heath, uh, Atrium yeah, Chris. I figured as well. Yeah, because it's mastering by him, and this is his record label. So I think this he is right. I I, I mean I would put money that he is the, the mastermind behind it all. Like sort of what I assume, but like mastering is part of it and and important. But mm-hmm. I, and maybe that just covers all the actual editing and piecing together. Um, but yeah, I would love to know like in what state stuff gets to to them before that happens but that, yeah yeah i just i just want to know i want to know oh sorry this is only their eighth one they've uh been doing it since yeah, yeah. so yeah cthulhu is 2014 so this is number eight so yeah we could actually do a retrospective at some point of the first five albums cthulhu azathoth you do like two albums a month for a few months mm-hmm. or something yeah and then like actually like i said do like musical archaeology or anthropology or whatever just really see how it tracks mm-hmm. Like with the evolution of what they're making at the time on the label. Yeah. Be really I can't wait to come on here for Bass and it just sounds like the Meow Mix jingle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be their one like, <laughs> hey. hey, we're doing it April 1st. Uh, uh, Cthulhu <laughs> with this album. Rule. It's fucking. <laughs> meow, 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 meow. <laughs> fucking Euro beat, 200 beats per minute. Uh, just a cat meow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just Sandstorm. No, it's and just cats. that cat throwing yeah. up to techno. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah overall we all like the album but you should listen to it that's our i think our <laughs> that's our very professional very very professional album good give listen Thanks for listening to this episode. Caleb, is there anything you would like to mention? I am found on Delta Green Dead channels where I do other Cthulhu-y things. So find me there. And our next episode is going to be reviewing, going back into Signal Wave. Uh, Infinity Frequencies mm-hmm. has released a new album, which I'm I'm very curious to hear. And uh, of course, there's a lot of other Signal Wave artists out there making interesting stuff. Pat Chittington is actually releasing a video on Infinity Frequencies soon. Oh, cool. So yeah, it's just a signal wave January. That's right. Cause it's, um, it's kind of one of those subgenres that I guess in some sense slipped through the cracks. Like we talked about it a little mm-hmm. bit in early episodes, but yeah, I never really got its own episode to talk about. So I think it'll be 
good to get into, even if we're a little late. Yeah. So we are on Twitter at Nightclerk Radio. I am at Ross Payton on Twitter. Burke is at Burke McBurkinson. Our website is nightclerkradio.com and our, we have a Facebook page uh, that I occasionally remember to post episodes to. And uh, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you use, and tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell everyone who wants to have weird dreams at night that they should listen to the sounds of the ocean uh, and us. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use a little trick I learned from Spencer. If you like what we do, tell two enemies <laughs> about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's definitely how he pitched it. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Yep. Nailed it. All right. (laughs) They'll become frenemies. (laughs) Call to action. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later.